Hi, my name is Ali Vigneault, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, this is Bob Clark. You're listening to me and you're listening to me. You're listening to and you're listening to And you're listening to You're listening to Snow the Goal. 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 Oh, yes! This is Snow the Goalie Radio here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. I'm Russ Joy. Follow me on Twitter at JoyOnBroad. On the other side of the glass is Ryan Lennox, who you can find on Twitter at 610 ESPN. Go interact with DJ Lennox. And by the way, since we'll get into this really quickly, uh, DJ Lennox on the other side of the glass, you can follow him over on uh, Instagram. The guy's, uh, he's been on a roll lately with, uh, with weddings. Seems like a, like a good guy to go to. I'll tell you, Lennox is a guy, I don't know if I'd want him to be too close to the people that I love the most, but I, I'd say that he's at least not the worst person I've ever met that does the DJing scene. So, uh, so you I'm, wouldn't want me to babysit your kids? Uh, no. Then again, you do have a kid. You've somehow kept her alive, so... Two, two I assume that's probably so that's, far, that's so. probably more on your wife though than than on you. For those of you who have grown accustomed to listening to this show, you'll know that my uh, boisterous colleague Anthony Sanfilippo, usually by this point, typically has uh, already chimed in, has gotten on Lennox and I for joking around before the show, and you'll notice that right now there's there's a silence, there's an absence next to me, and it's because Anthony selfishly decided over the weekend, that he was going to contract pneumonia. And he gives me a hard time about a lot of things. And, and maybe the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life is I told him one day that Bob, who co-hosts uh, Crossing Broadcast with us from 6 to 7 on, e- on uh, 610 ESPN and also co-hosts uh, Crossed Up, the Phillies show with uh, Anthony, I said to him, yeah, you know, there were some people who told us that we have a really good big brother, little brother dynamic going, and they enjoy that. And Bob said the same thing. So I tell Anthony, and Anthony has run with that nonstop for the better part of the last month and a half. And it's, it's gotten ugly at times. He's on me about going to the gym. He likes to mock me for trying to eat a little bit healthier, mocks me for trying to take care of myself. And who ends up hospitalized over the weekend but Anthony Sanfilippo, the, the guy gets pneumonia, and I don't believe him. On Friday, Lennox will attest to this. Friday, we had our live show out at Odd Logic Brewing Company in Bristol, PA, 500 Bristol Pike. We'll talk about them a little bit later. It was a really nice show. Jam-packed house, really awesome. A lot of people enjoyed it. It was good. We met people. Uh, Beer League team came out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Anthony sends me a text at, like, I think around noon on Friday and says, hey, you're not going to believe this. And so I'm figuring he's pranking me because he knows I get really high-strung on on these kind of days. And he's like, yeah, um, I've got pneumonia. I'm like, there, there's no way that you got pneumonia. He sends me a picture, and if you, uh, you want to check it out, go over to uh, the Crossing Broad Facebook page, and you can see on the, uh, the archived version of the Press Row Show, Anthony sends me a picture of himself with a little medical mask on, looking shocked. And so I have to pick up the pieces, and it's a, it's a weird scenario. Do we postpone the show to another weekend? You look at the Flyers' schedule. They have a game uh, this upcoming Saturday. It's like, do you try to make that work? If that doesn't work, we have the 15th. I knew I wasn't going to be around for that. And then you'd have to look all the way out until the middle of March to try to reschedule. So I thought on my feet, 
got a hold of Kevin, who was our Sixers beat writer who co-hosts uh, Crossing Broadcast. And Kevin came out and was an absolute pro and got himself caught up on everything Philadelphia Flyers. Did a nice job. I mean, would I say he was as good as Anthony? Yeah, I probably would. I would say he was uh, almost as knowledgeable. Lennox back there laughing. Uh, he did a really good job, so a big thank you to him. But I, I have to say that one of the, the coolest things since we started doing these shows is hearing from the people, hearing from people who are in Facebook groups about the Flyers, of which we are now uh, members of many of those, hearing from people on Twitter, hearing from people in the comments section on CrossingBroad.com, hearing from people in the comments when they go and they they find our uh, videos over on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel where we have our interviews with Bob Clark, with Paul Holmgren, with head coach Elaine Vigneault, with Travis Konechny before his first All-Star appearance, most recently with Matt Niskanen and, and with Joel Farabee. And you start to get a feeling that people feel like the coverage that we're providing here on Snow the Goalie and on the Press Row show uh, for pregame and first and second intermission of every Flyers game on Twitter, at Ant San Philly, at Joy on Broad, at Crossing Broad on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Crossing Broad, and then, of course, on YouTube, youtube.com slash Crossing Broad, where you can actually, on your cable box, if you still have cable, you can go and pull up the YouTube app and look for the Crossing Broad channel, and you can watch the Press Row show in between, because I know a lot of people complain about the coverage on TV. Um, we get to hear from people, and, and it seems like you know the listenership has been growing, which is awesome. To that end, we were approached... Uh, about a week ago, week and a half ago, by um, a, a cool opportunity that came our way. Something that um, I don't think either of us had necessarily been been looking for. We we like the platform that we have, um, but we were approached by the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, they're on Twitter at HockeyPodNet, and they said, "Look, we've got thirty podcasts. We need a Flyers podcast." And I said, well, it's a good thing you found us because, after all, we are the only Flyers podcast and also happen to be the only Flyers radio show. So the fine folks over at the Hockey Podcast Network, we're going to work with them uh, through at least the, the rest of this season. So if you're on that channel, usually this is a, a really upbeat back and forth, me and Anthony yelling at each other, just to try to provide a little context for our new listeners over on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, one of the things that we like to do, obviously I mentioned a bunch of the interviews that we've done in the past, and all of those are available over in our uh, our podcast feed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, we're going to be dropping these shows in the Hockey Pod Network channel, as well as I guess they have a dedicated feed for us as well. And every episode from now on, it will either go up, I think it's going to be Monday night or Tuesday morning, if you're a subscriber over there. And then for those people who haven't been with us the entire journey, on Thursdays, you'll get an episode that's going to be called From the Vault, where we're going to go back over one of our past interviews that we did with maybe former GM Ron Hextall or former Flyers like Dale Weiss and Jordan Wheel. Many of you know, those guys aren't somebody that you would typically hear from, but there's a lot of insight that those guys bring. Uh, Mike McKenna, who called himself the, uh, <laughs> the biggest suitcase to ever play the game, who's now employed by the Vegas Golden Knights and is uh, one of their on-air talents. So those things will be dropping over on those feeds on Thursdays. For those of you who have 
been dedicated listeners to Snow the Goalie this entire time. Nothing changes where you get your show. It's still available in all of the podcast channels. You don't have to change a thing. But uh, a big thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network for reaching out to us. And we'll be with them through at least the rest of the season. I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun that we're going to be doing there. All right, so let's get into the Flyers. This past weekend, Flyers on Friday uh, when we did the live show, it was their first game back, and it was the first game back for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it was a game that the Flyers, you don't want to say that, that they have to have every result at this point. But you look at where they stand in the conference, they're just outside of the playoff picture, despite having big wins going into the All-Star break. And this is a team that embarrassed Pittsburgh in Philadelphia 3-0 before the All-Star break, and you knew that guys like Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang, these guys were going to be stewing over that loss throughout the All-Star break. And then when they got back, they were going to want to defend home ice. And for the Flyers, it was a matter of, You've got to make sure that you come out with all of the the hostility, all the vitriol, all the fire that you typically bring to these rivalry games. And you've got to do it in a way that sets up for you immediately that you are not going to have, a, it's really not a trap game by virtue of it being a rivalry game, but you're, you're going to go out and you're going to prove to Pittsburgh that the game before the All-Star break wasn't an aberration. It wasn't an, an anomaly. And what the Flyers did was they went out and, and for the most part, they crapped the bed early in the game. And the penalty kill that has been so stout, so resolute, so almost perfect, especially in the last month and a half or so, really let them down. And Brian Elliott, I think, for the first period, played pretty well. The second period, it started to fall apart for him. And so it was a weird scenario because Kevin and I, going back and forth on the Press Row show, you know, Kevin was getting himself caught up on everything that's happened to this point. And he, you know, he was kind of looking for what are some of the things that the Flyers can lean on. And it's their penalty kill this year has been borderline elite. This has been a change that was something that the Flyers, quite frankly, were god awful on the PK under Dave Haxtell with Ian LaPerriere running the PK. And then around the time that the Flyers fired Dave Haxtell last season, Scott Gordon came in. Nothing really turned around immediately because they didn't have any practice time. When he finally got, I think it was about four or five games into his tenure, they finally got a few practices under their belt. He implemented system changes. All of a sudden, at the end of the the Flyers, let's say their last 25, 30 games or so, the penalty kill really turned around. And you got to this offseason. Aline Vigneault comes in. He brings in two former head coaches and Mike Yo and Michelle Terrian. And the, the hope is that you put those three minds together. You're going to be able to fix your special teams. And... It hasn't netted the kind of results that you want on the power play. Power play is still not performing at a high rate. The penalty kill has been something that they've been able to lean on and, and to rely on. The PK let them down against Pittsburgh um, at least through two periods. But the Flyers kind of did this thing that, that we've grown accustomed to with the Flyers this season. And it's they, they fought their way back into this game. And is that was that the signal, Ryan? Do I hear a little... Uh, Oh, look at that. The the labored breathing of Mr. Stop. Happy himself. Anthony Sanfilippo, ladies and gentlemen, a roaring round of applause for Mr. Anthony Sanfilippo, who is here as a champ, as a trooper <clears throat> from abroad, a distance. Yeah. Hey, pal. How are you, sir? Um, you know, we're, we're, getting, we're getting there. Lennox says better than you. Well... 
it's not difficult to be better than me right now. I have an so just so people know, you will be doing most of the talking because I need to do an economy of breathing to present myself, to prevent myself from coughing uncontrollably into the microphone. So to that end, if you're listening and you want to help Anthony, prevent Anthony from having to talk too much, prevent him from having coughing fits, give us a call 888-728-9941. Again, that's 888-728-9941. Anthony, I was trying to tell, you know, obviously our dedicated listeners who have been with us for the last year and a half, uh, that we struck a, a partnership of sorts with the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're also talking to a a new swath of listeners. Oh, wonderful. And they get to and hear me like this. They get to hear you like this. They got to listen to my soliloquy as I set the stage and talked a little bit about the Pittsburgh Penguins game. And now they get to hear you like this. And before they hit unsubscribe, is there anything you want to say to them? <laughs> Go back and listen to previous episodes just to find out which of the two of us is a more desirable listen. <clears throat> That's all. I think nothing's changed. I don't. Uh, Lennox, <laughs> is there anything really all that different right now? No. You're just talking a lot, which is no different than any other week. There we are. <laughs> so, Anthony, I don't know how much you got to watch of the Pens game, uh, of the way this team clawed back into it and ended up getting a, a point against Pittsburgh. I, I saw the entire first two periods and then I was in and out because of the meds in and out of sleep in the third completely missed the Crosby goal in overtime so what you're but, saying is you watched while the Flyers were garbage you fell asleep they came back they got a point so it's yeah. kind of your fault um, no I don't think they were garbage well, I thought the first period was kind of. I mean, it was only what four shots each. Yeah, was, Not the, even. It was a Three competitive first. Each. The second, the wheels came off. Well, I didn't, wheels didn't come off. I mean, they did score <laughs> the second goal in the second period. Right? It was three-two, and then um, because I saw Pitlick's goal, that that I didn't see Lawton, so I missed Lawton's goal to tie it. Um, but I saw Pitlicks, and I thought that they were – I thought that the Flyers – the thing I liked about them against Pittsburgh was they limited Pittsburgh's shots, which they also did in Philly the week before against that team. So playing a smart defensive team game against these better teams – is obviously AV's approach, right? Yeah. And I think that the Flyers are sticking to that and buying into that <clears throat> tells you that there's something here brewing as it moves down the road toward the postseason. Yeah. That was a challenge. <laughs> that was a lot of talking. That was more than I thought. I guess yeah. the thing that I look at is in that second period, they gave up three straight goals. One with uh, just just under four minutes being played. They gave up another one two minutes later. And then with what? Just under nine minutes left, they gave up the third. And right. 
the uh, the first goal they gave up to Pittsburgh was one that came as a uh, a power play, or as the second goal was uh, while they were on the PK, which is something again. This is like a, a a constant this season, at least in the month last month and a half, two months, is that the PK has been really solid. They gave up that first goal at even strength. Second one they gave up on while they were on the PK. And then the uh, the third goal in that period, if memory serves correct, was also on the PK. And so when I was trying to catch Kevin up on, you know, what this team has been good at lately, it's been that that penalty kill has been something that's, that's really locked down the opposition. And I, I think that was what was more disheartening and disappointing in that game was that you go on the road to Pittsburgh knowing that they're going to be as motivated as ever to come back and have a good performance and to avenge that 3 nothing loss in Philly, your special teams are going to have to be borderline perfect, right? Like you're going to have to be able to convert on the power play if you get an opportunity, and you're going to absolutely have to try to shut down Pittsburgh as best as you can on, on the PK, and they didn't do it. And, uh, you know, the positive, I guess, is it was three three and a half minutes left. Philly gets one goal back, right, to cut it to a, a one-goal um a one goal disadvantage and it's been a a constant we even saw it against Colorado and we've been seeing it for I don't know the vast majority of the season the Flyers that a season ago had such an issue with allowing a last second goal at the end of a period where it seemed like they kind of hit these mental lapses where they weren't totally engaged through the full 20 minutes of a period they often gave up a last-second goal, and it really crushed them a lot at home, and I think that's part of why they were so miserable to watch at home a season ago. They've kind of turned that around where they seem to be the team this year that's playing, I think, even harder in the back half of a period than the opposition, and I guess it was a good sign that they managed to cut that lead to one, and then it kind of reset things for that third period, and they... It was pretty much the same timestamp, right? It was like 2.20 into the third period. They tie the game up. When you look back on it, like if if we had gone macro concept for a second and and we looked at the Pittsburgh and Colorado games, and if I told you they were going to get three out of four points, would you have thought that it would have gone the way that it went? No. No, I think think Colorado is one of two, maybe three teams in the West – that could reach the final um, this year. And and that top line of the Avalanche is so good. And you even saw it, just the way that they play. I mean, Alex Lyon, in in my mind, was the star of the game. You you know, even though Hayes and Farabee each had two goals, I mean, it was Lyon that was the difference in the game Saturday. And I never would have thought that. I never would have thought that an AHL goalie comes in and plays the way he does. And the team wasn't as good defensively against Colorado as they were against Pittsburgh. So, like, no, I didn't think it would it would go this way. I thought if they had a chance of winning any game, it would have been the Pittsburgh game. Sure. I di- I didn't think Colorado was even a even a possibility, and then they went out and did it. And I guess that's that's probably the the most frustrating thing about this team, right? Is that somehow this squad is able to go out against perennial cup contenders, and 
I, you know, you can argue that they stole the points against Colorado. I think they it was a hard-fought win. It wasn't like it was all fluky and lucky, although Colorado, I think, hit, what, four posts, three posts and a crossbar in that game. Um, but they, they made the most of it, and you still get five goals and six ones empty netter. Um, but the fact that this team is able to compete with the best in the league and then is out, able to go out and also throw up a stinker against a, a you know, a bottom of the league kind of team. It's been a, a weird kind of change of fates between last season and this one. Yeah, it is. Um, but if you look at this, you know, they have had those stinkers against bad teams. I mean, you know, Montreal, uh, right before the, the break at home, yep. um, the Kings in LA was one, um, I guess San Jose, the first game after Christmas was one. I think earlier in the year, <clears throat> they had a loss in Ottawa that was kind of the same way. I mean, yeah, they've had a few of those. Uh, that said, I, I think that the way that they've been playing since they came off the post-Christmas trip, with the exception of the one Montreal game, they are playing top of the league level hockey and that's that's not saying they're the best team in hockey but they're playing a style that wins that is competitive almost every night and that is very hard for other teams to play against and so when you look at this week where you got games coming up against the red wings who suck and the devils who suck I, I don't see how you let down against those teams. Like, maybe there's a letdown in the fact that they got to play Florida twice in four days or Columbus back-to-back. Maybe one of those teams, <clears throat> you get a little bit of a letdown because you're be- even though that they're in the hunt with you, the Flyers are better than both those teams. Maybe there. You see something go, and they didn't play the right way in that game. But I don't see it happening this week. I think that they actually have two <clears throat> fairly easy victories before they head to Washington on Saturday. All right, people, so go over to DraftKings Sportsbook and make sure that you bet against the Flyers now that Anthony has put that out into the universe. Stop. No, um, I, I think maybe the, the best indicator that this team is better than um, – people who might not keep up with the team consistently throughout the season and and those fans who might have fallen away are the casual fans who don't necessarily follow the ins and outs of the season. Right now, the the Flyers are tied for eighth in the Eastern Conference at point percentage at just under 61%, and that that will vary quite a bit. They're tied with uh, Toronto and Carolina. Obviously, they find themselves on the outside looking into the playoff picture right now, but it's it's not that daunting of a task, especially as as you just noted. You've got games coming up against Detroit and and the Devils, and I I, I don't know if this is the time to go back over this thing that we talked about in the off season and a little bit after. But the the Devils have been an abject failure as a team, um, and maybe maybe it's just the way that people evaluated their off season in that they were able to add a top-end talent in the draft that I think we all kind of knew wasn't going to 
blow the doors off of anybody right away. Probably wasn't physically ready to compete at this level. They went out and got P.K. Subban, who I think most people were aware of the fact that he had been trending downward over the last season and a half or so. Um, and, and they went out and got Wayne Simmons that some people were applauding them for going and getting a, a guy who can be a tough bottom sixer at this point in his career. They're, they're not a good team. Oh, and by the way, they traded away Taylor Hall because he had no interest in re-signing there. They knew that in the offseason, and instead of trading him at a time where he probably had a higher value, they ended up trading him to Arizona for, you know, I, I guess a decent compensation at that point. But it wasn't like they were, I, I don't know, they, they probably could have held out closer to the deadline and probably could have gotten a little bit of a bidding war going. And then after they make the trade, it was, what, two weeks later, three weeks later, they fired the GM that actually executes the deal. Devils are kind of a mess. So there's no reason that this team shouldn't walk away with four points in the next two, which is exactly why I'm fearful that they're not going to walk away with four in, in the next two games. I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's po- anything's possible, right? Um, you know, the Devils have won 18 games this year. Um, they have lost nine in, in overtime. overtime or shootout. So yep. they, they're not a, an awful, like, you know, team night in, night out. I mean, that's 27 of the 51 games where – they either either won or were within a or were within an overtime or shootout goal of winning so i mean it's not and when you compare that you know the flyers have won 28 games and outright 17 and 7 and ot right you know what i'm saying so it's not that big of a disparity in that regard so the goal goal differential i think more than anything is the thing that is has killed jersey I mean, they they rock the second worst goal differential in in yes. the conference my, at minus forty eight, um, which sounds bad. It doesn't sound as bad when you compare it to the Senators, who were the third worst at at minus thirty four. But the Red Wings, who the Flyers are about to take on, do you want to take a guess of what their goal differential is? I know what it is. You do? Yeah. I lay it on the people. Because I I looked it up earlier. It's minus ninety three. Minus Jake Voracek. Minus ninety. Three, that's on. Uh, that's incredible, and that's in what fifty-two? How many games that they played? Fifty-two, fifty-three games. Yep. I mean, that means they're they're almost losing by two goals a game. Yep. That's it's kind unbelievable. Of, it's kind of funny though when you like compare the East and the West. the The worst goal differential right now in the Western Conference. Do you know who sports it? I would assume it's the Sharks. It is. It's the Sharks at minus yeah. forty-one. Yet they don't have the worst uh, record even in their own division. Yeah, it's kind of bonkers when you compare the uh, compare the conferences. So, but I will say this: I will say this for for people who for people who are looking to try and figure out oh who's going to make the playoffs, who's not going to make the playoffs. More often than not, and this is not one hundred percent, but more often than not, if you look at goal differential, like now, this time of year you can pretty much guess who's going to get in and who's not going to get in based on that. Um, yeah, that a couple teams might be trending in one direction or another, which could, you know, alter that slightly. But, you know, really, if you look at it, I, I guarantee you, and I don't have it up in front of me, 
But I guarantee, <coughs> excuse me, guarantee you in the East, Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Pittsburgh are far and away ahead of everybody else. Right? Yeah. And then, then there's probably your next group, which is like your middling group. Um, that's going to be, you know, playoff teams that should be playoff, you know, teams that should make the playoffs like Toronto or uh, Carolina. Um, and then there's the, going to be the teams chasing the final spots, which will be the Flyers, the Islanders, Columbus, and Florida, and no one else even close. So, I mean, the goal differential is going to show you. And then, you know, keep an eye on that because that will be more of an indicator in the end of the season of who gets in and who doesn't. Okay. For what was, it's worth. I was going to say, like, it's well, it's, uh, well stated, and I'm just uh, I'm a little bit surprised by your ability to string words together with this statement. I'm, try- I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying. You know what I'm not surprised by, Anthony? I'm not surprised by the excellent selection of beers available over at Odd Logic Brewing Company. They're located oh, that, at... That's all I need to hear about now. I'm going I'm, I'm to mute my mic for a minute. Oh, stop. Odd Logic Brewing Company. Oh, Lennox just did a fist pump. He's so excited that you're out. Odd Logic Brewing Company, located out at 500 Bristol Pike in Bristol, PA, is, is the place to go. If you want to go have a beer at a reasonable price, honestly, I don't think they charge enough. I told their owner, Tim, on a Friday, I, I don't think they charge enough. Um, and they were running a special with us that if the Flyers had come back to win, they were going to take a dollar off every pint in the store. Go ahead, Lennox. What's up? Was there any food uh, being circulated? There was. Uh, Biz Empire was outside. Uh, they've got like some Mediterranean stuff. Had a really good uh, chicken hoagie. I don't remember what they called it, but it had like uh, roasted red peppers and some fresh maz and an so, aioli. Delicious. So, so my favorite uh, stuff buns was not there. Oh, stuff mm-hmm. buns was not disappointed there. with you. I'm as gonna have always. to let. Listen, I'm gonna have to let you know the next time they go out. Um, but Odd Logic Brewing Company, they got a lot of cool stuff going on. But I, I think the best thing, and, and Kevin, who's our resident beer expert, the guy is almost always at a craft brewery with his wife and his uh, his daughter. They uh, they go to a, a ton, a ton of craft breweries. And Kevin was uh, was pretty impressed with the selection that Odd Logic Brewing Company has out of 500 Bristol Pike. Um, I was drinking a, a brown ale. I think I had three or four of them on a Friday, really, really good stuff. Hey, uh, I hope when a car went by, you yelled at it to stop and pick you up, you know, just to randomly call a car. Oh, from a few weeks ago? Really? Seriously? Yeah, you're, you're wearing a shirt with animals on it, yes. The jokes continue all day. You're just, you're a mess. Anyway, Odd Logic Burn Company, they got a lot going on. Actually, this, uh, this week, and I'm sure this is going to be something that's interesting to uh, Lennox behind the glass. I think it's Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday night, 7.30. They've got Harry Potter trivia going, and apparently that went that went nuts. Yeah. They were selling tickets to it, and uh, never it, seen it, it sold out. No way. I've I don't believe you. Never seen it, man. Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, none of that stuff. What's your life like? Do you, do you enjoy just being out of the loop on pretty much every social norm? Mm. What's that like? No, I watch Sopranos like normal people. Is that it? You ever watch Ray Donovan? Yeah. That's I watched the jam. first two seasons, and then I was like, yeah. Does it get better? Dude, it's so I like good. Liv Schreiber. It's just kind of like at some point you just feel so down and disgusted by humanity when you watch the show. Yeah, I think I'm going to send them over to your house. All right. Well, oh, man. 
I no. Of course, Liv Schreiber's best role wasn't as Ray Donovan. It was in Obviously the movie. Obviously, it was Goon. It was Goon, where he plays Ross, Ross the, the boss. boss Ray. Yes! Thank you! Come on, man. That was That's like my second favorite hockey movie. I should just do this show with you. I don't need San Filippo. Who? Who? With his uh, his slap shot, his miracle, all that nonsense. Anyway, Odd Logic Brewing Company, get out there. 500 Bristol Pike, Bristol PA. Fantastic selection. They've also got handcrafted cocktails and uh, cold brew coffee on Nitro available. So if your designated driver needs a little pick-me-up at the end of the night, boom, they got you. If you happen to have a, uh, a pregnant wife like I do, like Lennox does, and they want to go and have be able to have something while you're out having a, a couple of, uh, of brewskis, Maybe they want to take a sip or two of coffee. It's, you know, I guess Lennox is back there very upset. No, they don't drink caffeine. What is wrong with you? You can. In moderation. In moderate. Listen, go talk to your doctor and figure it out. Anyway, I guess uh, there's, it's a great transition, right? Not a great transition at all. But our friend, Amy Johnson, who you can hear uh, and, and read on. Wait, are you trying the, to suggest uh, that Amy is over caffeinated i don't know i think we're all over caffeinated amy uh thanks for (laughs) thanks for joining the show usually we do our monthly check-in with you and we dropped the ball last month so i need to apologize to you right off the bat but uh all right people can read all of your stuff over at the ahl report rocket sports (laughs) uh how much caffeine do you think you consume in a day um, you know, I've actually gotten a lot better than, about that. Uh, I only have one cup of coffee in the morning, uh, and maybe a couple of times a week I might have a Coke, but I drink water and, um, hot tea most of the day. So I'm pretty lame when it comes to caffeine. That's, that sounds like what my last four or five days have been like, Russ. Amy, I'm really sorry that you have to, uh, you have to hear Anthony in his current state. I don't know if you've been keeping up with this or not. The man is. Are, are you are you infecting all of the Flyers dressing room? I have not gone down there, Amy. I have stayed away. That's good. I, We're gonna I send him away. into the uh, visiting locker room. He's that's gonna good. be a bio agent idea. for us. Yeah. <laughs> what I could bet Gritty. Ha- I'm sure Gritty has a great cure for you. I think Gritty probably got him sick. Anthony's a big uh, fan of uh, big fan of trying to yeah, find Gritty you know, in you the arena. What? That's what happened. That's what happened, Ross. I. I tapped Gritty on the head, and he came up and, like, blew his nose in my ear. That's what happened. I'm Better. so glad that that the Philadelphia Police Department has officially cleared Gritty of all wrongdoing. Let's give a roaring round of applause yes. to the Philadelphia Police Department, who had to waste their time on uh, investigating Gritty. I, so, Amy, let me on ask— On exploiting your kid. Yeah, so, Amy, let me ask you this, because I, I know where I stood on this. I, I felt like— it was wrong of people. I saw like people were doing a deep dive on the dad's Facebook and they're posting pictures of the kid like lifting things onto the shelf. And mm-hmm. I felt like that was miscast anger. It's not really the kid's fault if the dad's trying to do a money grab, right? Yeah. I think, I mean, can't say because I don't know how much the kid is like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or if he's like, dad, leave me out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Totally. Dad's got to be a, a more responsible parent than that. Don't don't use your kid as a as a way to try to bank on anything. I mean, it's gritty. Come on. It, <laughs> what did you expect? It's gritty. And I really don't think that uh, gritty's like full out tackling small children. I feel like what the Flyers should do, they won't do it, but what they should do 
is they should get 100% into this. They should have Gritty surrounded by security the next time he comes into Wells Fargo Center. Like, he usually has the guys in the suits, but, like, I want actual cops. Like, yeah. this is Goldberg entering in, like, WCW in the 90s. <laughs> like, I want Gritty coming out. I want to he- see the knock on the door. I want to see, like, him hit his head on the door, come out with, like, the championship belt on, police escorting him the whole way. I also want the Flyers to go and get a mug shot of Gritty. Oh, yeah. I just want to know, like, if you're the dad and you file the complaint, right, they have to have the guy's name who's inside of the Gritty costume, right? Or, like, well, well that's here's right. the there's thing. no way that it actually says Here's the thing. Gritty. I have the guy's name inside the Gritty costume. Oh, do you? And, yes. And really? it blows my, it blows my mind that not one story about this outed who it is <laughs> said who he was. I mean, what, what, what kind of reporting? <laughs> there were so is many people. Done? Even Anthony, in, even you didn't do it. Where's your I report? Did, I didn't write a story because it was unfounded. There okay. were so many people, even in media around the NHL, that were getting so angry. Like, why are we talking about Gritty? Like, he's a real person. Like, he is a real person. Darn it. <laughs> You just leave him alone. He transcends the line between <laughs> human and plush figure. That's right. Russ, Russ, you forget, and I hate that we're taking up Amy's time with this story, but you forget, Sorry. we got tipped off to this when it happened we <clears throat> back in December. And I looked into it, and there was nothing. At the time, there was, I was told there's nothing to this. And then the Inquirer goes and runs a story about it, and it became a big thing. But, you know, at no point was there ever, you know, if anybody did any real research, they would have found that this was a total, un- totally unfounded incident. But at some point, once it became a story and everyone's reporting it, you have to say who Gritty is. <laughs> He's he's not he's not real. They came and cuffed Gritty, right? <sighs> All right, so Amy, let's uh let's get into a big reason why we wanted to have you on today because you've got right. the best insight to your team, your town, your Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And there have been rumors swirling, obviously a trade deadline coming up, and a, a few guys of note that people are are most interested in. I guess Let's uh let's start with uh, a young man that a lot of people think should be at the you know at the NHL level right now, trying to play his way through uh, some things right now, and that's Morgan Frost, who was selected to the AHL All Star team. Uh, what what's Morgan been like since heading back to the Phantoms? Morgan is, and and he's very similar to another player that we're probably going to talk about in this segment. Um, in that. This is his. He's a rookie this year, and making making the jump that he's making to pro hockey this year comes with a lot of ups and downs. Um, and he'll show flashes of brilliance. Flyers fans have seen that already. Phantoms fans have seen that already. And then it'll go completely in the other direction for a little while. Um, and you know, he's got at the AHL level. He's got a very respectable twenty points on the season, eight goals and twelve assists. However. Most of that was earlier in the season. Um, but also keep in mind the Phantoms have been struggling mightily since December. Uh, January was not a fun month for them. Um, they're, particularly when they're on the road, they've been abysmal on the road this season. Uh, most of their wins have come at home. 
Um, and so since even, say, the middle of January, there was there was a period in the middle of January where, where Morgan was really lighting things up with, you know, uh, he had a two-goal game one night. Um, he had another couple of assists in there in the middle of January. But since then, he's only had two assists since January 18th. Now, that coincides with the Phantoms going on another four-game losing streak. Um, so the, the team in general hasn't been playing well the second half of January. Um, Morgan Frost does all the things well that we've seen him do well. The things that he struggles with and that he's going to continue to struggle with as they consistently start to get a little better, actually, that word right there, is consistency. Um, puck battles are a big thing for him um, and not getting bumped off the puck. Uh, turnovers are an issue. You know, in in before he went pro, it was easy for him to slow the game down and kind of create space, find open lanes, create open lanes, make clean passes. The game moves a lot differently at the pro level, and he can't do that as much. So now where he thinks he's going to make a pass through some skates or he's going to find a, a sliver of, of daylight through a couple of defenders, a lot of times those are ending up as turnovers. Um, and so that's those are the things that he needs to keep working on. Um, his skating is still good. He, I mean, you saw it at – if you were able to see the uh, AHL All-Strike game – uh, you know, his his skating is very good, um, but he's constantly looking for ways to even improve that. He has to keep his feet moving. Uh, it's one of the things I think I think sometimes he tries to think the game too much in the moment. And so when he starts thinking, his feet stop moving. It's kind, of, it's kind of a little bit of that. He needs to keep those feet moving, keep the skates moving. Um, and really, it's it's a lot about puck possession, puck control. Um, and just finding a way to to start building on some consistency. When he starts to do that, all of those pieces of brilliance that we've seen are going to start happening on a regular basis. Would you say it, Would you say it's safe to say that his time going pro in the 18 games that he played with the Flyers might have been detrimental to his maybe not his long term growth, but at least in the trajectory that it looked like he was going to have had he stayed with the Phantoms through at least this part of the season prior to getting called up? Um, you know, I'm of two minds of that. I'm I'm a I'm a development first uh kind of kind of person and analyst. Um so development particularly for rookies, particularly at this age, is is crucial and not crushing confidence is really crucial um so a lot of back and forth can be good but it can also really mess with a young player's mental game and their emotions it's and and, you know and they 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 don't yet they're used to playing junior where they're excuse me or ncaa hockey where where they're one of the best on the team all the time and so then they suddenly get thrown into okay you're really good and now we don't think you're as good and now you're really good again and now we need you to work on some things and so that's a a really big emotional roller coaster for for young players to overcome um as far as him getting called up and playing the amount of games he did in Philadelphia this year, I don't see that as a detriment for Morgan Frost this year. I think he took that experience, and I think it was an eye-opener of, okay, I thought I could probably play in the NHL. I see Joel Farabee playing in the NHL, um, and I thought I could do the same thing. And, I, and, and perhaps he's realizing it's not as easy as just I can play the same game I've always played. I just play it in a bigger arena against – guys who've been playing 
um, at this level for a really long time. Um, my my feeling with with his the way he's talked with the press in Lehigh Valley, I, he knows it's a learning experience. He knows what he needs to work on. Um, so I I think the taste that he got in the show was was good for him. Um, and now he just needs to build on that. Yeah, I think the difference between Farabee and Frost is not necessarily a talent level as mm-hmm. much as it is that Farabee can play a different game um, than Frost can. Frost is Mr. Offense at this point in his career. Right. Whereas Far- Farabee had a, has a little bit of that 200-foot game in him. You right. know, He had to figure out some of it at the NHL level. But the reason he stuck and, and Morgan didn't is because he has that. Um, whereas Morgan has never had to worry about that. He was always, mm-hmm. you know, just been <clears throat> the guy that you count on to score. So I think that's the difference between the two. The, the question I had for you, Amy, <clears throat> is um, if the Flyers are going to get creative here at the trade deadline at the end of this month, one of the things that that they might do is move salary uh, off the blue line. We got to see uh, a, a short sample, but a good sample, of Mark Friedman when he came up. Um, can you Have you had an opportunity <clears throat> to talk to him since he came back down to the Phantoms and, and what that experience was like? And have you noticed anything? Is he still the same level-headed guy he was beforehand and recognizes that his opportunity you know, is, is about to come for him possibly? Um, haven't had a chance to speak with him directly since he's been sent down, but I can tell you that that the guy that you got in in the dressing room uh, and on the ice in the NHL is the same as the guy in the in the AHL. Uh, Freed's works really hard, um, and he he was he's been one of those players that I think has just hovered under the radar. Um, at the AHL level, he's performed well uh, when needed, and I and it was kind of really exciting to see. Um, you know, when, when he did get his call up, he finally had a chance to formally introduce himself, I guess you could say, to, to the Philadelphia faithful, um, and, and did a pretty darn good job. Um, coming down again, he's, he's, he's a little older, so he knows how, he knows how this works, um. It's not as much of the mental aspect for him. It's now it's going to be determination for him um, to to turn around and and come back and know that what he's got going on in the AHL can translate to the NHL, and that he's got actual tangible things that he knows he can work on to get back there. I I think he'll be back. Um, and I think he'll be back sooner rather than later. Like you say, if if they look to move some some money off the blue line, um, I think Mark Friedman is a is a perfectly good uh, solution to to move up and be able to to take some of that burden off up there. I want to talk to you about a guy that has come up at least in a, in a few murmurings around the trade deadline. Um, a guy that I think we asked you about. I want to say the first time that we had you on the show in the fall, and that's Isaac Ratcliffe. Mm-hmm. He's been a, a a guy that I think a lot of people are intrigued by, just obviously by virtue of of his frame, six six, two hundred one pounds. He's a a, a tantalizing kind of pro, um, prospect for this team, and a guy that 
you know, as of a, a year or so ago, people seem to think was ahead of the Farabees or maybe ahead of the Morgan Frost in terms of getting to the uh, the NHL level. What have you seen from Isaac, Rat- Isaac Ratcliffe this season and maybe even more specifically in the last few weeks? Here's Here's the one thing that I will say first and foremost about Isaac Ratcliffe. This kid has a lot of upside and a lot of potential. Um, and, you know, if you're talking about trade deadline, I would hate to see the Flyers lose this prospect um, because of what I believe he will be eventually. But at the same time, you could get a pretty penny for an Isaac Ratcliffe. Um, Isaac Ratcliffe has not put up the numbers that perhaps people would have expected to see from him in his first year pro, uh, particularly coming off of the, the magnificent junior season that he had. Keep in mind, this kid was drafted for his size and skill. He's a big kid. He's 6'6", great hands, and for his size, skates really well. It's, it's difficult in this day and age in, in this game to find – uh, to find a guy who's that big, who actually has pretty good wheels. Um, in addition to that, he's smart. He's got great character off the ice. He's very self-aware. He's very intelligent. He's much more mature. When you speak to him, he's much more mature. You forget how young he is. Um, he's very mature uh, in his outlook and on his self-evaluation. Um, and I was I was speaking with a, our my colleague uh, Rick Stevens here at the AHL report about him earlier today. Um, and as he mentioned, you know, you can't, you can't trade for the size and skill combination that Isaac Ratcliffe has. You'd pay too much money for it. So ideally you would want to develop that kind of package, which is why you drafted him. So the, the, the goals have not come easily for him. Um, as he said to us, we actually had a chance to talk to him um, a couple of weeks ago, towards towards the middle of January, um, and it was the weekend that he actually scored the first goal that he had had in a while. He had a, a two a two point night goal and an assist, and then the following day had another assist. Um, and asked him, you know, what are the things that are that you're focusing on right now, and and what's what has been the big hurdle? And for him, he said, you know, I was always the biggest guy in junior. It was easy for me to get the puck and score goals. Now I'm here and I'm playing against men who aren't intimidated by me. They're the same size as me. Uh, They're my size, my caliber, and it's not as easy for me to get free. So for him, the biggest thing that he's working on right now, protect the puck, don't get pushed off the puck, get in the dirty areas and win those board battles, uh, you know, down in the corners in front of the net. And he says he's been working a lot with the coaches, uh, doing drills, watching a ton of video, um, and that for him, if, if the points come, great this season. Uh, if the points come, great. But he's not worried about it if they don't because he knows that he's working on the little details of his game that are going to make the biggest impact for him uh, you know, this summer and next season, potentially making it, uh, you know, getting an NHL job next season. So he's really laser-focused on what he knows he needs to do. Um, Scott Gordon, we asked Scott Gordon that night, the same thing, you know, how's Isaac Ratcliffe's development been for you? And he says, uh, you know, that he's using his body more effectively. He's, he's getting better reads and that he's overall really pleased with his development. Um, not to mention he's also killing penalties, um, for the Phantoms. Uh, He's one of the top 
PK guys that Scott Gordon has. So a lot of upside there. Again, like Morgan Frost, it's his first year, so there's a, there's a learning curve, and not every player develops at the same pace. So I think there's great things coming for Isaac Ratcliffe. I think we just have to be patient. Amy, I guess the last guy that we've gotten some questions about, and it's not like he's logged that many minutes uh, with the Phantoms, but just wanted to get your first impressions on um, how Felix Sandstrom has has looked. Uh, you know, he's spent the majority of the season, I guess, down with the Royals. Um, That's correct. So, what, uh, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, what is there anything that you've gotten to uh, to glean about the guy? Um, as a locker room presence, and I guess in the limited time that he's been with the Phantoms? Well, fortunately, I also got to see Felix Sandstrom uh, in preseason um, when when he was up uh, playing at the PPL Center in preseason. So had a chance to speak with him at that point as well. Um, he actually has, has not started a game yet for the Phantoms. Uh, he did play the majority of the third period on Friday night when he was uh, put in net in relief of J.F. Barube, who had given up four goals against the Wilkes-Barre's Grand Penguins. Um, but he shut it down for the rest of the period um, and, and I think made seven saves in the third period. Um, Felix Sandstrom played – the thing fans need to keep in mind about him, he's got a great attitude. Um, he's a very hard worker, uh, and, and he, he's constantly working on his game. The thing to keep in mind is that Felix Sandstrom played more than four seasons of pro hockey in the Swedish League. So he's used to playing against the caliber of players that he sees in the AHL. However, transitioning to the North American game and the smaller ice is a huge difference between skaters and goaltenders. Um, And I asked Felix that exactly in the preseason, you know, what's so far, what's been the biggest thing for you? And he said, really, it's the size of the ice, the angles are all different. Um, and I think that's reflective of of his stats in uh, Reading so far this year. He's played 16 games. He's got a 3.66 goals against and an 879 save percentage. Not tremendously stellar numbers um, for a team that's second in the North Division. But I think that's less to do with his skill and ability and more to do with it's a, it's a learning curve of getting used to the smaller rink. Uh, the angles are different, which means the puck comes at you faster um and and at different ways than than his body has that muscle memory from when he was playing in the swedish league so um great attitude uh, i think he's a, a, a solid goaltender i think he just needs some some time uh th- this first full season playing pro north american hockey will be good for him that's excellent insight big thank you as to always a- as always a big <laughs> well, thank you guys. to uh amy johnson Go check her out on Twitter at Flyers Rule. Still, probably the best handle out there. <laughs> and uh, go check out all the content that she's putting out for the AHL report on uh, Rocket Sports. So, Amy, thanks for uh, for joining us this week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys, and uh, feel better soon, Anthony. Thanks a lot, Amy. You know what'll make Anthony feel a little bit better is if he goes on over and checks out our fine friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook. They've got so much going on every day from odds boosts to free bets. They've got it all. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe and secure, probably the most secure and the safest of all the betting apps. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience, and it's no wonder that DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. To top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook, they're offering an amazing sign-up offer. 
You can get up to $1,000 free. It's absolute insanity. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code CROSSINGBROAD. That's all one word, CROSSINGBROAD, when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Don't forget, promo code CROSSINGBROAD. Get your sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires t- 25-time playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Anthony, did you uh, make a pick this week? I do have picks. Even though uh, the, the, the picking the two games back-to-back uh, hit a speed bump last week, I'm going to go back to it again. The Dallas Stars are on the road tonight and tomorrow in New York. The Rangers tonight, the Islanders tomorrow. Um, you would think you know, the Islanders are the better team. And the back-to-back games, you'd think, okay, uh, that's going to be a tough one for Dallas, especially with the Islanders having a game off. I'm going to go the other way around. I think that the Stars are going to struggle with the speed of the Rangers so I'll take the Rangers tonight against Dallas and then take Dallas to rebound on the back end of a back-to-back on the road and beat the Islanders on the island tomorrow night, which will also be beneficial Whoa. for the Flyers. Nice. So right. there you go. Go check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. And don't forget to use the promo code CROSSINGBROAD. All right, Anthony, we've got a couple things real quick. We're almost well, out well, of time. What? I know we are almost on a time, and I got to remind you of one thing, Russ. We have another five star review. That's what I'm doing right now. We got a five star review over on Facebook, facebook.com slash snow the goalie from Justin Kent. It says, Great show, well informed, at least Anthony. Uh, uh, great, uh, well informed host, uh, at least Anthony. Not enough wrestling references from Russ. Press Row Show is great as well. I'm still waiting on them to do one live from the farmer's market in the summer, though. Thanks, guys. Look forward to every show. Big thank you to Justin. And over on um, iTunes. On Apple Podcasts, we got a uh, another five star review that uh, for some reason disappeared on my screen. I had it. Oh, there it is. Read it. Yeah, I got, oh, it. You got it. I got it. I got it. From uh, JCPSU ninety three, great podcast. I recently found this podcast as my sons and I have become huge Flyers fans this season. Russ and Anthony have a great rapport with each other and are both very knowledgeable and insightful about the organization. Look forward to the podcast to start off my week. Keep up the great work. Don't forget, go leave a five-star review. We've got the Facebook page, facebook.com slash snowthegoalie. We're on Twitter at snowthegoalie, at Philly at joyonbroad. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It makes Anthony smile, and God knows the guy needs a couple smiles with the pneumonia. Anthony, real quick, three games coming up this week. How do the Flyers finish? Uh, 2-0-1. I agree. No, I got 2-1-0. They They don't get the result against Washington. They win the other two. Oh, I think they get the overtime against. Them. They've been good against the Capitals this year. They have been good, but they're on the road for this one. I think Washington's going to want a little bit of retribution. Anyway, big thank you as always to Ryan Lennox on the other side of the glass. Thank you to Anthony for for uh, soldiering through this one. We'll be back again next Monday with Snow the Goalie.